Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Brain Food Podcast. I am Casey Thomas and I've been talking a lot on this podcast about different nutrition strategies and different foods that you can eat to improve your brain performance. But what I want to talk to you today is about foods that you should not be eating, okay? Things that are very bad for your brain performance. (laughs) So before we do get into that, though, I want to truly say thank you for listening. And it would help me out a whole bunch if you could leave me a rating and review. So that way I know what you're thinking about these podcasts. Or even just shoot me an email. Uh, My email is caseythomasrd at gmail.com. I love hearing what you're thinking of these podcasts, and I love getting feedback. Don't forget to subscribe because I also want you to be the first to know when new content is going live. And believe me when I say there is so much more in store for you on this podcast. But with that out of the way, let's get into it. Excessive consumption of the Western diet is associated not only with the development of obesity, but also with reduced global cognitive function, cognitive decline, and dementia. That all sucks. (laughs) Now, the Western diet is characterized by a high amount of processed fats and sugars, processed foods in general, as well as low dietary intake of fiber. And honestly, you probably know what the Western diet is, right? This is how other countries make fun of Americans. It's all of our fast food products. It's all of our treats and snacks and, uh, you know, those kind of things. All these different products, they are highly rewarding and they spike certain neurochemical reward pathways in your brain. What this leads to is when you overconsume and you constantly are spiking these pathways in the brain, these reward pathways, this will actually lead to an enduring alteration in the brain. It happens specifically in areas involved in learning, memory, and reward. These changes in the brain promote further overconsumption. And we also have data showing that these effects are far more pronounced in younger people. So this is kind of a high-level look at what the Western diet does to the brain. But now I want to do a deeper dive into that, and we can start by talking about some of the causes for eating the Western diet. The first and most obvious reason that people are (laughs) over-consuming these types of foods or the Western diet is that it tastes great. This is real. This is obvious. No one can deny Cruise on over to your favorite fast food restaurant. It tastes amazing, right? Palatability is a real thing. It is one of our one of our five primary senses, right? And it is pleasant to that sense. There's also a cultural and social side to it, right? It's fun to go eat ice cream with your date. It's fun to go to the county fair and eat deep fried Oreos and all their other sorts of junk food. It's also fun to get together with your family and have a big meal together, have a feast, right? And have all your different family members make 10 different kinds of desserts on holiday, (laughs) okay? So there's a cultural side to it. It's an experience, and you start to associate these very happy experiences with the food that goes along with it. There's also the obvious brain payoff, which we briefly mentioned before, is that 
there's a reward pathway in your brain and it's basically giving you a pat on the back and the thumbs up, you know, it's telling you, Hey, good job, right? You ate something that we love. Congrats. And this constantly reinforces the behavior. It's literally the same process as with drugs. Okay. So you get a little bit of a kick from taking some kind of abusive drug substance and your brain tells you good job and you start chasing that same feeling over and over and over again. And the more you chase it, the more that the behavior is reinforced. And that's how addiction happens. And the same thing happens with food. There's also an abundance, truly a huge abundance of these hyper palatable foods in your modern environment, right? Think about it. How far away are you from your nearest source of unhealthy food? Food is so abundant right now. You're probably seconds away from some sort of junk food right now, if I had to guess. There's probably something inside your house that you can just go to. If not that, there's probably a a fast food joint that's a few minutes away from you. So it's just around you all the time. And that puts you up against your willpower. And that's never a good battle to be in because if you have to pass by your favorite fast food restaurant a hundred times, then obviously you're not going to be able to say no every single time. One of those times you're going to crack down and decide, hey, I want to go get some. So this overabundance of these hyper palatable foods is definitely contributing to us over consuming the Western diet. There's also stress. All right. And I know you're stressed out. I know you have a lot of stressors in your life. Okay. I get it. Stress can trigger passive and intentional overconsumption of these foods. Researchers have tested this. They'll do something called a cold presser test. And what that is, is they just put your hand kind of up to your forearm a little bit in ice water for an extended duration of time. And your body starts to freak out about this, unless you're one of those badass guys who, you know, swims in the Arctic. Um, But for most people, this is a big stressor to your body. What they do after that is they measure your brain directly with something called an fMRI. And they see that there is reduced inhibitions. Okay? Reduced inhibitions. Kind of like what happens when you drink alcohol. Reduced inhibitions. And what this does is this makes you want to seek out hyperpalatable foods because you're not keeping yourself in check. So these are some of the main reasons and some of the main causes for why people are overeating these Western diet type foods. All right. There's honestly so much more that we can list and we could do a deep dive into any one of these causes in a full podcast if you guys are curious. But that's a a nice general look at some of the biggest, most predominant causes for this overconsumption. Now I want to talk about the actual mechanism linking this dietary pattern with impairments in brain performance. So it's kind of hard to do some of this research, this mechanistic research in humans, because you would otherwise have to cut open someone's brain and see what's going on, which is not really legal or allowed. So we get some of this data from rodent studies. All right. And we have a lot of data now showing that rats and other rodents, when they are fed a Western diet, they will show alterations in the neurotransmitters that are produced in the brain. 
We also have data showing that a Western diet will fundamentally alter your gut microbiome. And I can talk about the gut microbiome in a future podcast. And I think that is a super fascinating topic and one that relates more to brain performance than people know. But the quick of it is the Western diet has a negative effect on the gut microbiome, which in turn has a negative effect on the blood-brain barrier integrity. And if you recall from previous podcasts, the blood-brain barrier is this massive filter that protects the brain. It prevents all the bad things from getting inside. And so when you have a negative alteration on the gut microbiome, this has a negative effect on the blood-brain barrier integrity, which starts letting in bad stuff to the brain that shouldn't be getting there. Now, we also have data in humans now, okay, which shows that the Western diet is associated with childhood obesity. This is a huge issue in America these days. We finally have more long-term data showing that childhood obesity is associated with a reduced global cognitive capacity. Part of the reason for what's going on here is that when you are younger, your brain is much more plastic. It's much more easy to change your brain when you're young. So any negative or positive alteration that you make in youth is much more likely to stick throughout the lifespan. On the other hand, you know, the saying you can't teach an old dog new tricks is somewhat grounded in evidence. It's much harder to alter an older brain. Okay, it's much less plastic. And so if you expose an adult to a Western diet, it's not going to be as impacted as much. But if you expose a child to the Western diet, their brain is going to start changing around that and be built around that dietary pattern, which is not what we want, because that leads to, among other things, you know, this reduced global cognition. So what can we do about it? Are there any treatments for someone who has, say, been engaging in the Western diet and is seeing these negative cognitive effects and wants to undo it? We do have interesting data in rodents that suggests there are some pharmaceutical products and drugs that can help treat this, specifically the kind that stimulate more insulin release. And the, the kind of medications and the kind of drugs that do this are typically anti-diabetes medications. But what they did was they had these rodents who were fed Western diets their cognition declined as expected, and then they gave them these medications. And what they saw was that their cog cognitive faculties were completely restored, which is kind of interesting because it suggests that there might be a link between insulin or there might be a link to blood sugars or there might be a link to just these medications in general. We don't actually know, but it still is very promising. And I'll be curious to see how that develops and what utility we can get from that, if any, because it's going to be hard to just give people anti-diabetes medications if they aren't actually diabetic. Now, what's more interesting is that rodents who are fed a Western diet, right? We see the cognitive impairments that we've already talked about. If you switch them to a healthy diet for 12 weeks, this was able to completely reverse all of the cognitive impairments that we're seeing. Okay, 12 weeks, that's all it took. So I think that if this is something that you grew up with, you know, I know a lot of people who grow up with the Western diet and 
through no fault of their own. That's just something that their parents did for them. This is something that has surrounded you and been with you for a little bit. Hope is not lost, right? You can just switch to avoiding this Western diet and start eating healthier. And it seems like we can undo some of those negative alterations. We also have further data that there might be some specific nutrients. I know I said in this podcast, I was going to talk about what not to eat, but I I can't help myself. There are specific nutrients that can protect against cognitive impairments. So some of those include carotenoids. These are found in a lot of your fruits. So things like apricots, peaches, tangerines, watermelon. It's also found in things like beef liver, beets, broccoli, collard greens. So there's quite a few different food items, but you can honestly just go look it up and and find food list yourself. But carotenoids is one. Vitamin C is another one. I don't believe most people are under consuming their vitamin C. I think most Americans are getting completely adequate and more often than not, more than they need of vitamin C in a day. But vitamin C comes in all of our citrus fruits and, you know, things like orange juice, uh, berries, broccoli, Brussels sprouts, all that has vitamin C in it. I'm not as worried about that one. Vitamin B6 is one that I'm a little bit more worried about. Okay. This is found in a lot of our animal products, things like pork, poultry, some fish have it. There are some non-animal products, things like soybeans, oats, bananas have vitamin B6 in it. And interestingly, there's also data suggesting that monounsaturated fats as well as cholesterol can be beneficial to staving off this cognitive impairment. Monounsaturated fats, definitely people are under consuming. Okay, I've talked about these before, but these include things like olive oil, nuts and seeds, avocados, olives, all these healthy fats that most people are not eating enough of. And the one that might be unusual to you guys is to hear that cholesterol can actually be beneficial. And I'm a huge fan of cholesterol for many reasons, which again, I can talk about in more detail if other people are curious about. But one quick little spoiler is dietary cholesterol does not relate to blood cholesterol. Let me let me say that again in a different way. The amount of cholesterol you directly eat has little to no, more often than not, zero association with what blood cholesterol levels you actually have. And that's because cholesterol in its actual food form gets broken down and digested and then converted into other stuff inside the body. But healthy sources of cholesterol include things like eggs and cheese, um, shellfish, organ meats, full-fat yogurt, steak, all that. So those are some specific nutrients that are shown to be beneficial and will help stave off these cognitive impairments. Um, We also have some data suggesting now that general nutrient availability can help protect the brain. What I mean by that is we see that people who undergo periods of famine, that leads to downstream effects where cognitive faculties are not at their peak down the line in the lifespan. So specifically, if if um, you were exposed to, if the mother was exposed to a famine during fetal development period, the baby is much more likely to have cognitive decline and increased risk for all sorts of cognitive impairments later in life. Similarly, 
individuals in mid to late childhood who undergo a period of famine, they are far more likely to have poor executive function in adulthood. So to summarize what I wanted to talk about today, in short, the classic Western diet and obesity are both associated with impairments in brain performance. You should avoid it where possible. And specifically, you should look to avoid these hyperpalatable processed sugars and fats. It leads to acute damage in that it changes the neurotransmitters that are produced. It changes your gut microbiome and it changes your blood brain barrier. It also leads to long-term damage because it leads to fundamental changes in the architecture itself of the brain. All right. And all of this leads to impaired brain performance, which is the opposite of what we're trying to do here. <laughs> we talked about some specific nutrients. I think if you are looking for some, I would look to the carotenoids, vitamin B6. I'm not as worried about vitamin C, as I said, and I'm really excited. And I really hope you would look to incorporate more monounsaturated fats, as well as healthy sources of dietary cholesterol. And with that, I'm just going to say thank you so much for listening. If you can, please be sure to leave me a rating and review and let me know what you thought this week. Or you can just shoot me an email. Again, my email is caseythomasrd at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe. I want you to be the first to know when new episodes are going live. And I really do have so much more in store for you. Take care. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.